I'm Paul Wiegraf, Director of the Delaware Division of the Arts, and your host for today. Once more onto the breach, dear friends, once <laughs> more. We are here with our guests from Delaware Shakespeare to talk about this summer's production of Henry V. Uh, our guests are the artistic, producing artistic director, David Stradley, and our title character, uh, Henry V, Emily Krauss. Welcome. Hello. Thanks for having us, Paul. It's so great to have you here today, and my apologies for my horrible accent, but I... <laughs> <laughs> yes, do you want to put a disclaimer that we do not do Shakespeare's British accent? <laughs> ah, okay, good. <laughs> no masterpiece theater, don't you? Okay, I've taken my first notes. <laughs> really noted. <laughs> well, we are here uh, for a couple of reasons. One, just to uh, talk about uh, your upcoming production of Henry V, uh, to be held at Rockwood uh, Park on from July 14th through the 30th, uh, but also to talk to celebrate 15 years of Delaware Shakespeare, originally Delaware Shakespeare Festival, right. but now Delaware Shakespeare, to really uh, denote how the program has expanded over the last 15 years. Let's spend a couple minutes with that, David. I'll, I'll let you take that since since you have that history. Right. Uh, tell us a little bit about the evolution of Delaware Shakespeare. Yeah, and it really, I mean, as you notice, we, we just this year dropped the festival from our name, um, and that was because, you know, for 10, 11 of the company's years, we existed for those three weeks in the summer out at Rockwood Park, or the first three years out at, at Archmere Academy. Uh, but over the last several years, we've been expanding. Um, you know, we started small, adding programs like reading programs like Shakespeare Poe and Shakespeare in St. Valentine at fun places like Dew Point Brewery and Painted Stave. Um, and then last year, we had our, our kind of biggest step forward since the company's founding when we started our new community tour program which is a program that every fall takes a full Shakespeare production um, throughout the state of Delaware to people with limited and no access to the arts in locations like prisons and homeless shelters, um, medical facilities. And that was really the moment where we were, you know, we're, 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 more than, we're more than Delaware Shakespeare Festival now. We were looking for ways to, to let the community know that, that we've been expanding and that we exist for more than, more than three weeks. So that's why, why festival went away. We're still the, you know, it's the summer festival at Rockwood Park, um, but overall now we're, we're Delaware Shakespeare because we exist. You know, last year we did programming in, in 10 out of 12 months of the year. And now for this, and I've seen some of those <clears throat> other productions, really amazing work connecting to uh, uh, non-traditional audiences in non-traditional venues. Really. Yeah, and you know, our vision as a company is uh, we see a Delaware where people from all walks of life gather together to celebrate and explore their shared humanity through Shakespearean plays. So we, you know, really invest in how can we make sure that we are getting people from, from all different walks of life? Um, you know, and at Rockwood, we keep our ticket prices low so that as many people as possible can come out to see the productions. Uh, but we still realize that at $18, there are still people that, that, that can't afford that or who don't feel comfortable coming out to Rockwood Park. Uh, so that's where the idea for some of these other programs came from. So how can we how can we go out into the community and engage with the community as we create these productions? And in, in addition to being a presenting organization, you're also in, in many ways a training organization. I believe you use uh, interns during the summer? Yeah, we use, so for our, our summer festival, um, we have 10 professional actors in the company. Um, and a few years ago, we did start using equity contracts. So Emily is, a, is an equity actor. Hey. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so we have 10 professional actors, then we have five college apprentices um, from area training programs, and they appear in the production. Um, and then we also have high school interns who serve as some of our, our pre-show entertainment. Um, so yeah, we feel like we want to get all of the community in the audience, but also all different levels of the community involved in the production as well. Now, with the change in leadership at the county level, has that had any uh, 
impact or effect, or did you have to do anything differently this year? No, um, Matt Meyer was was very excited to you know to be hosting us at, at the park. He's already signed up to, to be there on opening night and uh, to, to talk to the crowd. So he's uh, he's very excited, and you know we 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 couldn't. Our growth as a company would not be possible without the support of Newcastle County. Um, they, are, they are tremendous partners, and, and we're, that, that has been true. You know, I think we've been here through now through four different uh, county executives, and, and every, every place we go, we, we find support from the county. So it's, mm -hmm. it's really wonderful. That's great. Let's uh, give you a break, David. I turn to you, Emily, and hear a little bit about you and your background. Oh, my background. All right. Um, well, I grew up on the East Coast, uh, just outside of Philadelphia in Ambler, Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. and went to college at Temp Act Two Theater. Act yeah. Two Theater is in Ambler, yes. Mm -hmm. I've never worked there, but I, I saw many a show mm -hmm. as a tyke. Um, and then I, I went to college at Temple University. I got my BA there. Um, and actually, the production this summer has a lot of Temple grads. I'm feeling like my owlish pride pretty strongly. Um, and yeah, so since then, I've just been working uh, in and around the Philadelphia area. Um, I'm a company member with a avant-garde experimental theater company called New Paradise Laboratories. Um, and we'll have a show this fall in the Fringe Festival in Philly. And that's something I'm very involved in. Um, and yeah, I do lots of different kinds of theater. So you're Philadelphia-based. What? Mm -hmm. uh, how did you find out about Delaware Shakespeare? Um, the first show, uh, the other show that I did with Delaware Shakespeare was a few years ago. It was the Two Gentlemen of Verona, and um, uh, someone I, I very much admire, Sam Reading. Um, uh, as a director that I had worked with before out at People's Light and Theater. And so she directed that show um, that summer and, and brought me out. And I, I've known David from around town for good good number of years, I would say. Mm -hmm. And I just want to point you, one of the, one of the exciting things for me as a producer is being able to bring artists like, like Emily back. Um, with our budget level a few years ago, we, you know, we kind of would work with a lot of early career professional actors, and then as they progressed and, and moved up the salary level, we, we wouldn't be able to work with them anymore. Right. Yeah. Our right. support has been growing and our community support has been growing. Um, we're able now to not just bid farewell to an amazing artist like Emily, but to like, hey, come back and play. Come back and play Henry Ford. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, geographically, where do your actors come from for this production? Most of our actors from the, the greater Philadelphia area. Okay. Yeah. So all, all commutable? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Great. Uh, now, this particular production, Henry V, is uh, a, you're doing some novel things with it, and we've been hearing in the news recently about some novel, some innovations in Shakespearean productions around the country. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, Henry V. Emily Krauss, um, <laughs> one of those novelties. But sure. Tell us about your your thinking. What what your vision of this production is? Yeah. Well, when I uh, so our production is directed by a woman named Jessica Bedford, and um, you know when you when you start collaborating with the director, that the, the first thing you start talking about is, of course, is it, you know, who do you want to be in the play? And you know, with the play like Henry V, you obviously start with with your Henry. And we we honestly, when I asked Jessica, like neither one of us had a. A person in mind that we wanted to, to play Henry. You know, when we did Hamlet a few years back, I was like, oh, it's, you know, I only did the play because I knew I wanted Griffin, Stanton, and Meisen to play play Hamlet. But we didn't necessarily have that this year for for Henry. So when we talked about it, we thought, well, when we do auditions, let's just let's see both men and women and see, you know, what actor just is the most exciting actor for the role. That's really our job as as a company is to how how can we present the most exciting production of this play for for our community. 
Um, and it just happened that as we did auditions, the actors that we were getting most excited about um, were, were female actors. Mm -hmm. um, and then as Jessica really kind of started going, well, what would that mean if we, mm -hmm. if we cast a, a woman in the play? Um, she also realized it did a lot to kind of activate the play. Um, Henry V is a play about a young king who is thrust into power, and you pretty much his entire kingdom is like, this guy is not going to succeed. You know, he, he was, from the earlier Henry IV plays, he has a reputation as a partier, and not, but he takes himself very seriously. And so his kingdom's like, this isn't, this isn't going to work. Um, and as Jessica Bedford has said multiple times, you know, whenever she sees a production of Henry V, Henry's always played by this, you know, strong, strapping, you know, <laughs> and it's like, well, clearly that person's going to succeed. Um, so she was interested in how do you really activate that conflict of a monarch, a leader, that, um, that is perhaps an unexpected leader. Not equipped to be yeah. a leader. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah. we started realizing that, that it, it could do something interesting to play to... To, to, to cast a woman, has still have the actor, and we're not changing anything to Queen Henrietta, or anything <laughs> like that, but to still cast it um, as, as, a, uh, as a man, but to have a female actor in it, just let that be the prism through which the audience experiences the play, and that it, perhaps it will um, shift. But I'm going to stop there, because I don't want to be accused of mansplaining. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, 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 I'm interested to hear from you, Emily, about, about the challenges of... Uh, Playing this role, uh, present to you. Have you played a, a male role before? I have not played a male role before. Um, I did a show last year with New Paradise where I was a triplet with two men, so it, the gender was a little bit uh, cloudy, but uh, that was pretty artsy. It's kind of like dance stuff. Um, so I've never, I've never had really male text before. Mm -hmm. um, but it's interesting, you know, uh, the it, it, inside of it, it doesn't feel, I don't feel that I'm necessarily, like, unprepared to be a leader or that I, I have any sort of, like, less potential than anyone else in the room to be a leader, but I definitely feel um, uh, sort of, like, that, that feeling inside of me comes up against a world which doesn't always agree. Um, so that's been really interesting. And the other thing, the thing that actually has stuck out the most to me is, is a little bit in how parts are written. So the text that I have, sometimes I'll find myself in scenes and I'll say, I, I just haven't quite done this before. You know, I've, I've worked on um, Shakespearean roles before, but the, the women are always in some way sort of calibrated. There is, there's a slight different calibration. And so like in the wooing scene, um, uh, with uh, the fair princess Catherine, the French princess in the last scene, uh, I have to work really hard to get her to even give me the time of day. Mm. Um, and I, as a female actor, I've never really had to like woo in mm. quite that way mm. before. Um, and so there's a lot of little sort of surprises like that through the process of, oh, <laughs> wow, this feels really different to put on, put on these shoes. I, I want to pursue this because this to me is really fascinating. But first, I need to remind our listeners that you're tuned into Delaware State of the Arts here on News Radio 1450 WILM and 1410 WDOV. Our guests in the studio today are the producing artistic director of Delaware Shakespeare, David Stradley, and Emily Krauss, who will be playing Henry V in their summer production at Rockwood Park. Um, Emily, I'm, as, as you're talking, I'm, I'm wondering is. is in, in handling this male role, are you finding yourself dealing more with playing 
Henry V and, and focusing on him as a leader or on him as a man? Or are, do you follow what I'm yeah. saying with that? Or, yeah. Is there some, how do you balance those two? I mean, which is one more important in your portrayal of this character? Um. I guess I would I would I would slightly alter your question and okay. say him as a leader or him as a person okay. because as I play him even though we are not changing the gender or the the pronouns or anything okay. I don't think of him as specifically a man okay. as I play him I think <laughs> honestly I was talking to our director Jess about this like I think the job of all the other actors on stage is a little more complicated than mine is because mm -hmm. I'm just a person and I want what I want right. and I'm going to go after it. Okay. And all of them kind of have to do this magical thing where they see me as me and they see me as a king at the mm -hmm. same time. Um, uh, but your question about whether I think about him as a person or I think about him as a leader, it, I haven't settled on one yet. I kind of vacillate and I, I have to admit I'm really nerding out about the history. So I'm reading this amazing book um, called Agincourt by Juliet Barker, who's this um, amazing historian. And uh, she writes about Henry. And as I'm reading about him, he's a, he, he is a really interesting, complicated guy. And so he keeps all of his cards so close to his chest that his personality shows only through his leadership. We don't actually... It's really hard to get to know the actual Henry V. Um, so I think I'm finding that through the actions that he takes in his leadership, I get to sort of slowly peel away my understanding of who he is as a as a person. And I'll, I'll just jump in there sure. um, to say that we, we, we engaged with the community before we went into rehearsals with a series of workshops that we called um, Henry V as leader. Um, mm -hmm. And Jessica Bedford and myself went out to um, talk to some military veterans. Um, we talked to an, an MBA class. Um, mm -hmm. We talked to uh, a group of uh, youth lacrosse players at the Ferris School, um, all looking at this idea as, as leadership. So I know that's that's one of the things that's really driving Jessica Bedford in mm -hmm. the production is, mm -hmm. is is Henry as leader, um, and that you know ultimately, hopefully, that doesn't you know <laughs> we can see leaders as both male. You know, and, and female. Um, and I also know that, you know, one of our goals is, you know, within 10 minutes, hopefully, you're not looking at Emily and going, oh, that's a woman playing Henry. Like, you've just, right. you know, it's it just, you, you jump into the it imagination. It becomes irrelevant. Yeah. 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 Um, so. Interesting. And uh, you've mentioned Jessica a few times. Jessica Bedford has a very uh, uh, extensive uh, career in the Philadelphia area. Right. Both as is this her first directorial? This is not her first directorial. Because I know she's she's a, a very active actress yeah. as well. Uh, but she's directed a lot at um, Montgomery Theater. Okay. Um, okay. And yeah. And I I know she went through the Villanova right. uh, mm -hmm. Masters program uh, around the same time my daughter did. Yeah. So, yeah. so well, that's great. So I mean, you ha really have incredible talent mm -hmm. now. How um, how are you preparing or the, the other actors to to deal with with this novelty? Uh, is is it in, an issue for them? In or well, I'll say one thing that we or? did even in casting was once once the decision was made that that we were going to use uh, Emily, uh, it became very important too that that it wasn't a one off that we didn't mm -hmm. just have one actor <laughs> playing a different gender role. Right. Um, so there are five. There are six total females in the play, including Emily, out of a cast of fifteen. All of those actors, at one point or another, play play a male character. Okay. Um, so we wanted to create a world where you know it wasn't wasn't that we weren't trying to make some statement just by having you know one person right. playing right. playing a different right. gender role. Um, right. that, that that was part of the conceit of the production. I mean, there's a great the chorus at the beginning of it. You know, 
talks about how, how we as an acting company need your help as an audience to help us imagine mm -hmm. this. And you know, part of the way we're doing that is you know, just having lots of you know, different actors play lots of different roles and switching genders and, and right. that kind of thing. Right. Um, but I'll, I'll, anything, I haven't been in rehearsals oh. as much, so anything that... Well, just something I've, I've noted is um, uh, one of my favorite acting books called The Target and the Actor, or The Actor and the Target, pardon me, uh, it, it talks about how you can't ever play being a king. Do you just it's not an action. You you can't what what are you going to do? Sit straighter, talk louder, you can't do it. So the the rest of the people in the room, it's up to them to sh to treat you like a king. Right. Right. Um and so I've just noticed and it's not it's not totally to do with gender, but it's it's just to do with like what this role is that the rest of the cast is doing such an interesting, lovely job every rehearsal. They sort of like they just I, I feel them sort of supporting the, this story that we're telling about this leader um, in really really subtle ways so yesterday we worked on one of the early scenes and um, this guy who plays uh, Canterbury uh, who's this religious man was sort of like started um, lecturing the room around me and all the, the the princes around me and started sort of stuttering and was a little a little scared of me <laughs> and I wasn't doing anything to scare him but it, it really helped me like f move into what it would be like to be this person and it's mm -hmm. it's all due to my really smart castmates and director who are sort of building this world around that's something in in this radio show we haven't often talked about with when we're talking th theatrics and that is how the role that other actors play in in as you say you really dealing with your character oh that, yeah that they shape who you are completely and, yeah it's which, it's everything which is really fascinating yeah. and also say one of the things that, that we've been discovering is you know the play is called henry v it is very much an, an ensemble play and mm -hmm. uh, you know shakespeare purposefully shows us you know henry's noble peers but also you know the working class and also just the normal soldiers the yeoman uh, the yeoman yeah <laughs> that, it's, that it's it's really a play about this entire country England uh, yeah coming together mm -hmm. and this is one of what are referred to as Shakespeare's history right? correct mm -hmm. right yeah and we've only done one other history in our in our history now and that was Richard III in our in our fifth year which um, I believe weren't you Richard that, III that. <laughs> <laughs> as I recall yeah. and it's you know it's always the goal when you when you do a history that you don't present it historically <laughs> history play but what does this play have to do with with right now and, and, and us and uh you know, in a in a time where you know, in our area right now, where we've got a new governor, a new county executive, a new mayor, <laughs> a, you know, a new county executive, right. um, it's it's a really vibrant time to be looking at what a leader is and how yeah. a leader brings together a, a diverse community. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, now, Emily, uh, you have a broad range of experience in theater. You mentioned Fringe Festival. Um, what are the particular challenges for you that Shakespeare presents, <laughs> whether or not you're playing a, a male role? Yeah. Um, well, uh, the, the text is so beautiful. Um, the, the words he uses are such uh, conscious choices that you can't skip over anything. You know, in contemporary work, you can sort of say um, that there may be a line like, so what? Then the whole line is so, comma, what? question mark and that that stuff you don't you don't even really have to think about how to use those words because they're so um common in our vernacular but um with shakespeare uh something i've, I've started doing um I, I worked with this guy named gary logan recently and and he really was a big fan of using the oed the oxygen
Oxford English Dictionary mm-hmm. to work on Shakespeare. And it's completely true that when you take a speech, you look at the words, you even think you know the words. But if you go in the Oxford English Dictionary and research the etymology, things don't always mean exactly what you think you mean, mm-hmm. what you think they mean. Or they might have such a beautifully specific definition that it changes your whole understanding of a line. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think for Shakespeare, there's just so much homework. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I'm definitely feeling uh, the the pleasure and the, the uh, I don't know, the activity of the that. Challenge. The challenge. I, I was once interviewed about my, my acting, and I was asked if I had ever done Shakespeare, and I said no, and the... the interviewer asked why not I said because you can't ad lib your way out. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's a real challenge yeah, yeah I'll just throw out there that you know our actors do a lot of homework so yeah. when the audience shows up it doesn't feel like they're doing homework yeah, <laughs> well, exactly. yeah. And, and and it shows because it, it you know th- there's that perception that I, I, I'm not going to be able to understand Shakespeare but but when you when the actors do their homework and the, the dialogue is you know, you know reflective of that, then it's it's very easy. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping it it won't stress anyone out in the audience as much as I, I, I'm doing all of that part in my bedroom alone. <laughs> well, we all, we're this time is really running short. I, this has gone so fast. We have a, just about thirty seconds, uh, David, for you to tell us how people can find out more information about the upcoming production. Go to us on our website, which is delshakes.org, or you can find us on Facebook at delshakes. Um, and again, it's a really lovely community event. Uh, tickets are you know eight. $15 for general admission, $16 for seniors, $14 for students. You bring your own picnic, your own chairs, your own blankets, sit out, enjoy a relaxing time under the stars with uh, some of the greatest language ever written in the English language. In a beautiful setting at Rockwood, uh, Rockwood Park from July 14th through the 30th. David and Emily, thank you so much for joining us today. Really exciting to hear about this uh, production coming up. Thank you so much.